morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Tuesday, December 14th. What public officials are looking at over the holiday break. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Indoor masking will once again be required in California. That was one of three new COVID-19 mandates announced on Monday by the state's Health and Human Services Secretary. The new rules include a tighter timeline for COVID tests and mandatory testing for people visiting or returning to California. Dr. Mark Galley is California's Health and Human Services Secretary. Since Thanksgiving, so over the past two and a half weeks, we have seen a 47% increase in case rates across California, and we see this in greater percentage in communities and counties where vaccine rates are low. The mandates will be in effect until January 15th. The San Diego Unified Board of Education is ready to name finalists in its search for a new superintendent. A search advisory committee has been interviewing candidates since October, and the three final candidates will be named at tonight's last board meeting of the year. The State of the District address is scheduled for January 18th, when the permanent superintendent will be named. A powerful winter storm is expected in San Diego County today, bringing rain, snow, and even gale force winds. Cal Fire San Diego Captain Frank Lococo says they have two swift water rescue teams on standby, but people need to take this weather system seriously. But also when you couple that uh, that high level of precipitation with a strong wind, the potential for trees, even healthy trees being toppled over, you know, power poles being toppled over, that that increases as well as the ground gets saturated. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically. But our need to learn and understand one another has it. This is Port of Entry. The Parker Edison Project. Listener supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcast and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. More COVID-19 cases are expected over the holidays, but with millions vaccinated, this is a different winter than a year ago. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman sat down with county officials leading our pandemic response to see where we're at and what else is on their radar. While we've been at this for almost two years, we're still in the thick of things. This pandemic winter is nothing like the last where hospitals were nearly overwhelmed. Since then, cases and hospitalization rates have fallen thanks in large part to 75% of county residents, some 2.3 million people getting vaccinated. Which is higher than the state, which is higher than the nation. And actually for Southern California, we are the, the leader. County Public Health Officer Dr. Wilma Wooten and Health and Human Services Director Nick Maschione have been leading pandemic efforts here. You know, I think the, 
the, the biggest gift you can give someone this holiday season coming up, if you love someone, you care about them, uh, is get vaccinated. There have been upticks in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations since Thanksgiving, and officials are asking people to celebrate responsibly this holiday season. If people continue to be careful uh, about their actions, their behavior, uh, we can get through the, the winter months as well. But the anticipation of uh, cases going up over the winter months is a, a significant concern. This winter, there's no large vaccination superstations, and recently the focus has been on delivering COVID boosters and shots for younger kids. Access is not a problem. What is the primary issue is those people that are not vaccinated making the decision to become vaccinated. The pandemic revealed disparities in the way people have access to resources and health care. The state identified zip codes in underserved areas that needed extra attention. We've just maintained that approach. And in fact, not just for COVID. This is the work that's informing and what we're doing even more broadly, be it for homeless, be it for mental health, be it for, for housing, be it for children and families in need. With the help of a new board of supervisors, the county has been investing millions in homeless resources. At existing shelters, staff provide mental health services, public health nurses, and work to connect people to assistance programs. Now officials are looking to open their own shelter in the East County and some in partnership with other cities. It's about sanitation. It's about providing people with the the elements of, of, of uh, daily living that we all expect and actually deserve. Health officials say the drug crisis is almost equally a pandemic. They report that one in 13 San Diegans have a substance abuse disorder and say more resources are desperately needed. We have built the most wonderful hospitals and clinics and, and then maybe public health, right? We're catching up on infrastructure. But alcohol and drug treatment has not been, it's always been stigmatized as well and has not been an area that has been invested in. This is a priority for us in our region with this Board of Supervisors Framework for the Future are really pushing, not leaning in, running forward. County staff are working to overhaul the existing behavioral health system. Mashione says mental health, addiction, even homelessness can be interconnected and should be treated that way. How do you build a truly a behavioral health continuum of care? That is um, the tentacles that touch not only the homeless, not only the, the opiate fentanyl uh, 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 pandemic, but also the rising number of mental health challenges where we've been seeing, right? It is a massive undertaking. It's not just bricks and mortars and assessment centers. Another focus for health officials are aging San Diegans. We're not gonna be quite the new, the new Miami or Florida, but let me give you an idea. You know, in 2010, we had about 600 plus thousand uh, San Diegans 60 and older. By 2030, it'll be pushing about 850,000. That's a significant increase. That's one of the fastest growing age groups. The county wants to make sure they are prepared, and that means more investments in elderly care. And some good news for prevention efforts. After historically being underfunded, public health departments should be getting a boost from the next state budget. Don't know how much that will be, but uh, that's what we're hearing uh, will happen. And I think that it will go a long way in helping to shore up the infrastructure. Wooten says a priority will be updating IT systems to make sure public health efforts are as efficient as possible. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. The sailor charged with setting the 2020 fire that destroyed the USS Bonham Richard was in court on Monday for the first time. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has been following the case. 
20-year-old seaman apprentice Ryan Sawyer Mays is charged with hazarding a vessel in arson in the July 2020 fire. Most of the day was spent with ATF arson investigator Matt Beals. ATF determined that the fire started in the lower vehicle deck where rows of cardboard boxes were stacked too deep nearly to the ceiling. Beals said the fire required some sort of outside fuel to spread so quickly. It's clear that most of the case will turn on eyewitness testimony. Prosecutors plan to call several witnesses over the next couple of days. The problem is everyone was wearing masks. We also learned Monday that the investigation centered around another sailor for a time. That sailor was eventually kicked out of the Navy for misconduct. The hearing officer will recommend whether there's enough evidence to send Mays to a court-martial. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. On Monday, many state and local officials were on site for the San Diego International Airport's new Terminal 1 groundbreaking ceremony. KPBS's Melissa May was also there for the celebration. After years of planning, construction for the new Terminal 1 at the San Diego International Airport has begun. 30 new gates will be added to the airport for a total of 62 gates along with new shopping and dining facilities, and even an outdoor patio that has views that overlook the bay. Kimberly Becker is the Airport Authority President and CEO, and says this project will incorporate energy and water conservation and clean air initiatives. Our airfield improvements will create more efficiency and reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. We have an expanded stormwater capture and reuse system. The new T1, along with the rest of the airport, will be powered by 100% renewable, carbon-free electricity. Space is also set aside to accommodate future public transportation directly to the airport. And that was KPBS's Melissa May. Coming up, it's a familiar story for businesses along the U.S.-Mexico border, financial devastation due to the pandemic and border closures. But we'll hear about one chamber of commerce that's trying to help store owners recover. That's next, just after the break. Long ago, when the public square was the only place to share news, events, and happenings, people were drawn to it. Living in community with others was the route to understanding each other and the world around us. The public square has changed dramatically, but our need to learn and understand one another hasn't. This is Port of Entry. The Parker Edison Project. Listener-supported KPBS Cinema Junkie. Thank you for listening to KPBS Podcasts and for being part of our region's virtual public square, where you learn not only about the headlines of the day, but about culture, music, and the issues that are important to all of us. Help keep the virtual square alive and well. Support podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Just go to kpbs.org, click the blue Give Now button, and make a donation. And thanks again. For businesses along the U.S.-Mexico border, the pandemic and the associated border closures were huge financial blows. But a regional chamber of commerce in the Imperial Valley is trying to help struggling store owners. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more. 
It is not even 50%. I can say it's 90% down. Downtown Calexico is a string of small retail stores just north of the U.S.-Mexico port of entry. These small businesses are owned and operated by local families. They rely heavily on customers coming from Mexicali. But since border crossing restrictions were put in place, business has been incredibly slow. That's how David Dedul, the store owner of Casa Imports, describes this past year. He says the lifting of restrictions on November 8th hasn't brought back many of his old customers. I, think I sit here all day to make one sale, you know, $10, $20 sale. You know, I used to do $1,000 at the, the worst day. I used to do $500 and I complain about it. Now, I, you know, I'm down to one sale. He isn't exaggerating. Okay. Dole keeps track okay. of every single 11, item he sells. 20. And today... I haven't made a sale. I open up at 8 o'clock. I open up at 8 o'clock. Tuesday, November 23rd, 21. No sale. From the pandemic, border closures, supply chain issues, and an increase in gas prices, the duel has taken hit after hit. Oh, this is the worst I've ever seen. I've been here like, uh, 10 years, 11 years. He says about 70 to 80 percent of his customers come from south of the border in Mexicali. He believes long wait times and vaccine requirements haven't enticed many to cross the border and shop like they used to. Just a block down from the duel is Francisco Beltran's store, Lulu's Moda. We were hoping for more sales and more people to come, but we still haven't received the people we were waiting for, he says. About 80% of his clients are also from Mexicali, and 20% are local shoppers. Regrettably, locals don't shop here. The people who come here are people from Mexicali. We make a living from the people in Mexicali, Beltran says. Walking through the streets of downtown Calexico, you see stores that have gone out of business during the pandemic. You would see empty parking lots often, and, it, and it's just heartbreaking that those are businesses. Those are people that own those that are trying to be successful. Barry Smith-Bean is the vice president of the new Imperial Valley Regional Chamber of Commerce in El Centro. The chamber opened in September, but has been in the works for nearly two years. The regional chamber combined the El Centro, Imperial, and Westmoreland Chambers of Commerce. United as one, Bean says they'll be able to make a bigger impact in Imperial County, and they're hoping to reach neighboring cities like Calexico. Now more than ever, um, the businesses just need our support. Calexico's Chamber of Commerce closed down during the pandemic, leaving Calexico businesses to fend for themselves and find outside help. We want to really launch, um, coming into this new year of 2022 with the Chamber, we want to launch some of those initiatives where we're able to work with the businesses and say, Show us what you're currently doing and let us help you um, evolve. Let us help you find ways that you can reach more people. The regional chamber represents about 300 businesses in the county. Although some business owners like the Dole and Beltran haven't seen an uptick like they wanted, Bean says overall there has been an increase of traffic flow coming into the county. And as some businesses have closed, others have thrived. There's been success stories as well through this pandemic. and. I think the biggest thing that we can do is we have to support our local businesses. According to the National Retail Federation, sales are still down compared to pre-pandemic levels. But stores saw an increase in foot traffic compared to last year. During Thanksgiving week, 
Beltrán didn't see many customers. Esperamos a que del Thanksgiving, esperamos a que llegue más gente. But he says he remains hopeful that things will pick up during the holiday season. And that was reporting from KPBS's Alexandra Ron Hell. This story was made possible with support from the Economic Hardship Reporting Project. And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day.